welcome to the post viral podcast <laughs> yay <laughs> this is a podcast uh all about recovery based on our experiences recovering from chronic fatigue syndrome or me myalgic encephalomyelitis black <laughs> you know <don't. laughs> um, we're hoping to provide a framework or uh, some key areas resources and tools based on our experiences and experiences of others we know who have recovered. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. Our um, our hope for this podcast is to go on a journey of recovery together because Lindsay and myself, we're still recovering from chronic fatigue syndrome and to help you take control of your health through some of the things that we're going to be discussing. We also hope that um, through this podcast community, you feel less alone because we know what a isolating and um, confusing illness this can be. And hopefully you won't need to suffer quite as long because of some of the things we're going to be talking about. I know Lindsay and I, we wish that we had had some of this information a little bit earlier in our own recovery journey. Truly. And not only that, but like sometimes you have to learn a lesson so many times before you're able yeah. to, to really incorporate it into your life. Oh, yeah. Um, so you'll get to hear a lot of our own personal experiences with that. So yeah, I'm Lindsay Vine. I'm coming at you from Vancouver, Canada, 34. Um, and I've had CFS for about five and a half years now. Um, I'm also dealing with some issues from like post-concussion syndrome from a car accident three years ago. So suffice it to say, it's been uh, quite a few years for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm um, Stuart Bryan. I am uh, a Brit, as you can probably tell. Um, so, yeah, we're coming at you from across the Atlantic. Um, I'm 29. And yeah, I've had uh, CFS now for uh, about two years. Um, but yeah, so funny how we met though, hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we both did um, the CFS Health Program, which um, is an online program out of Australia. Essentially, there's a, a Facebook group online where you get to do messaging back and forth in like a community of people all working on recovery together, which is really nice. So me and Stu ended up in that program. He was smart to do it a lot sooner than I did. <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw he was on there messaging and had really insightful things to say. And of course, like the most beautiful blue eyes in the world. So I <laughs> uh, couldn't help wow. myself. Um, and um, it was actually somebody else in the group who had got me on the um, Facebook, like voice messaging back and forth um, instead oh, yeah. of like texting. And that's really a lot easier for my brain at least because. Yeah, yeah. It's um, just so much easier than typing it all out, isn't it? It's so much easier because then you can respond whenever you have like the energy and you can listen when you have the energy and yeah, it makes a huge difference. It was so funny. Actually, the other day, Stu, I sent a few, like, I think I said like six of them. They're all, they always like cut you off at a minute mm. to my friend Scotty. And she was like, thanks for the audio book. <laughs> and I was like, you have no idea how much we do this. Yeah. And this was, um. That was a time last winter where the UK and most of the world, to be honest, was in um, another lockdown with the coronavirus pandemic and weather was awful. My health was particularly bad, actually, at the time. And so, yeah, those voice notes and our friendship, um, it really meant 
really meant a lot to me and something that I look forward to each day. Yeah, truly. I was like, that was possibly, I would say the lowest point of my whole illness. Really? Um, I had just gone through like yet another insane crash where I had to start steps wise back at zero. And um, I was alone on this island in the middle of nowhere. I'll talk about more of that, me isolating myself in future episodes. But it was just, yeah, truly the lowest of the low. And uh, finding these friendships within uh, the CFS Health group was, was huge for me. And uh, yeah, since then, that was nine months ago, Stu and I have, well, I personally wake up every morning to like, you know, about 15 minutes worth of messages from him. <laughs> every morning and it it's I look forward to it every morning and it makes my day so much better because I live by myself and it's it's just huge like not to feel as alone but here we are nine months later having a podcast baby <laughs> exactly yeah who'd have thought <laughs> <laughs> even though we this is literally the first time we're talking back and forth <laughs> yeah we, yeah this is great yeah the first time we are speaking live obviously haven't met each other physically before but also yeah the first time so who knows what's going to happen <laughs> um and on that note, Lindsay, do you want to talk about where this podcast idea came from and why people might want to to listen? Yeah, for sure. For first, I wanted to say that um, for me, podcasts have been such a huge part of like the last five and a half years while I've been sick, while I've been trying to recover. I can't tell you like, like how much I value them because for me, especially, um, Partially that's concussion things, but eye movement's really hard for me. So looking at screens is really difficult. Um, my neuro ophthalmologist said something like um, audio intake is like maybe 5% of your day's in um, energy, whereas your eyes are about 20%. What, like the oh, really? movement wow. and stuff is about 20% of your energy. So it's a lot easier for me to take in information through audio. Yeah. And um, really, like, I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and conversational ones where I truly feel like these people are my friends because uh, <laughs> as someone who lives alone, like, it, it really is uh, comforting to have have people, like, like-minded people there with you. Oh. But we really, um, I think, think that this is a place where you can get free information based on our experiences and the experiences of others who we know have recovered and uh, kind of synthesizing information that it's really hard with this illness because we know, believe me, that people are coming at you from all kinds of places telling you they're gonna heal you and telling you that they have this solution and you should spend your money here. And it's so hard to know. I mean, we're still not gonna be able to tell you exactly what to spend your money on, but it's so hard to know what to do. We do have about eight years combined of um, experience healing or trying our best to heal. And truly we have been trying. <laughs> I do have a master's in public health, which gives me a view of the Western healthcare system in general. And I've actually looked at a lot of research, but that being said, <laughs> the big disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Definitely. <laughs> we, need to like, 
we need like a big like um what's it called voice box. Like, we are not yeah foghorn we're not medical professionals um this is not personalized medical advice you should always 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 discuss any acute issues any any issues with your medical professional or if you haven't received a diagnosis yet um, keep trying for a diagnosis because you never know. It could be like, I know one guy who got better. It was literally one diet change um, wow. that he needed to do. So yeah, keep pushing for those diagnoses. Yeah, it does seem to be a diagnosis of elimination, chronic fatigue, doesn't it? And I know how painful that is having been through the rigmarole of lots of tests, lots of scans. But I suppose I am grateful for having been through all of that um, just for peace of mind, you know, more than anything else to know that there isn't something else uh, going on in your body that that you need to know about. So, yeah, definitely um, as painful as it can be going through the um, traditional uh, medical route, then definitely um, valuable. Yeah, totally. I also know how hard it is if you're at the start of your illness that your body really just needs a lot of rest, but you're also like, oh no, should I be going to this doctor? Should I be going to this doctor? And truly it's, it's really hard to find the balance. So um, we'll talk a bit more about that, but uh, we, we feel for you in that situation because it is hard. You have to keep trying to figure out what it is, but also you really do need to give your body what it needs. Great. So it's probably worthwhile us introducing ourselves to everyone and our own experiences with chronic fatigue. So I have the pleasure of introducing the lovely Lindsay. Lindsay is someone who enjoys nothing more than curling up with a furry friend, ideally in like a distant land, <laughs> traveling somewhere with taskmasters on in the background or a comedy stand-up show. I've put down three words for how I'd describe Lindsay. So the first one, I know it's not a word, but is big picture. So Lindsay, if you know Lindsay, she's a lot of fun. She has lots of big ideas. She's always planning something new. Less bothered about the details. <laughs> Maybe not like, enough. Oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, of course we can do a podcast. But yeah, she's very exciting to work alongside. Um, very blue sky thinking, visionary, a can-do person, which I really appreciate and um, really inspires me. Second word is pastoral. I would say Lindsay has a real heart for people. It's no surprise she is so passionate about animals and furry friends because um, yeah, you have a real heart for vulnerable people and you're really good at connecting with people like within the the group where we met uh Lindsay just was good friends with everyone it seemed <laughs> and I was like oh yeah I should probably make oh, more than that but <laughs> <laughs> and then finally I've put convicted I think you know your values you I'm I know you might say that you kind of second guess yourself and think oh I could be more assertive or things but actually I think you know what you believe in you know your values you're not afraid to speak out about that um and you do so very intelligently too so yeah Lindsay, the big picture pastoral convict did wow <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet of you oh my gosh that made me think of things i should be saying about you that i forgot to write yeah, down no pressure go for it <laughs> no okay so um still is a pisces <laughs> 
as you'll learn, even though I have a very Western medicine background, I do really like astrology because, um, you know, once you learn about it, you start to see those trends. Um, and Pisces men are the best men, truly, because he's so creative, so creative. Like, oh my gosh, I have met, let's just say multiple white 20 something men who try to do poetry wow. <laughs> and it's just never good it's never good let's be honest but Stu his poetry is incredible and it's so capturing of the real emotions the real spirit of what he's trying to talk about I truly couldn't tell you what his job is <laughs> something to do with a bank <laughs> something to do with a bank and like making the experience better for customers or something like that yeah that's that's better than i'd describe it um but just incredible um uses of his creativity people skills um ability to build on what people need and understand what people need he's also very funny and i don't think he realizes how funny he is sometimes i'm here like just cracking up at the most little mundane things he says in the conversations like oh, a squirrel they're just like little words and the way they pop into our conversations make me laugh so much but mostly he's just the most most caring and considerate soul one of the most caring, considerate souls I've ever met, truly. The gifts he gives to his family and his friends, I mean, they just show how much he's really thinking about what that person would want oh. and what that person would care about. And um, I'm just so grateful that he's my friend. <laughs> and I hope you all get to um, experience what I do. He's such a great listener. Yeah, I'll stop with that. <laughs> oh, wow. That is so kind of you. It's good for us, right? So I suddenly became ill with what became chronic fatigue ME in 2019. I, I had some health issues before then, so I'd struggled with social anxiety uh, for about four years, and I was taking propranolol uh, medication for that pretty regularly. Actually, it was mainly work-based, um, having like kind of anxiety attacks. Um, and I contracted a few viruses and bacterial infections. Um, I had a colonoscopy about six months before because I had some gut issues. Um, but really, I was like living the life you're supposed to live if there is such a thing. I was in London with my friends. I was working, yeah, a super fun banking job, as you say, Lindsay. <laughs> Sometimes I'd work 12, 14 hour days um, just because I really valued being a reliable performer. Um, yeah, supporting my colleagues, my manager, but being a high performer as well. That was kind of where a lot of my self-value came from. I had a really unhealthy obsession with the gym. I would go every day. Um, I think I would say it was for health. I think it was actually very superficial. It was a vanity thing. Um, and I really cared about what other people thought about me. But in my head, that meant that I could eat whatever I wanted, drink whatever I wanted, uh, have pretty bad sleep, be generally quite stressed. Um, and I remember the day that I became ill. Mine was very sudden. Um, I had this kind of like brain fog hit me, uh, this like pain in my head. Um, which turned out was caused by Epstein-Barr cytomegalovirus as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been there ever since, two years on. 
Um, and yeah, I, I had a year of like having all the tests as uh, I'm sure lots of people would empathize with um, before finally going to a chronic fatigue specialist and being diagnosed, which was very like comforting in a in a way because it's like okay there is something this is real it's not I mean I knew I wasn't making it up but it's just reassuring to to know that there is a a reason but yeah I I kept working for like nine months just pushing through until last summer I was just so bitter with <laughs> my colleagues life me just everything and then I was very lucky that I was able to stop working, move home to my parents to recover. And 12 months on, I do still have that job and I'm starting back very lightly now. I'm really lucky with my employer. And yeah, to be living with my my family, my parents who are, who are really supportive as well. Yeah, symptoms wise, I suppose brain fog, migraine, inflammation in my head, they're probably the biggest ones for me. I tend to be better as the day goes on, but I do have fatigue. I do have post-exertional malaise, flu-like symptoms. There was a time when I was pretty much housebound, um, at my worst, where I was just kind of having constant sinusitis and sinus infections. But now I'm pretty pleased to say that I'm at a stage where about seven out of 10, how I'd feel most days, which is real progress. I'm socializing a bit more. I'm at about 6,000 steps a day. Um, and yeah, starting to get back into some work. And I mean, doing this podcast, third time lucky, but um, <laughs> because we've tried to do this twice before, uh, but because of our health. But yeah, things are on the right path. How about you, Lindsay? Do you want to introduce yourself? You know, it's so hard to know where to start. Um, and we'll get into some of the deeper issues late in later issue in later episodes in terms of my childhood and um, my diet as a child and stuff. But really, it was like um, a, when I got into my 20s that I started getting just so many infections. I mean, urinary tract infections to the point where I had to have surgery um and then yeast infections all the time sinus infections ear infections all the time i was getting infections at least a few a year plus i was a huge traveler i've been to over 30 countries and if you can imagine i try to go to the most remote places i've had to take a lot of antibiotics uh, from a lot of illnesses that i've gotten from traveling i've also had a lot of struggles with what to do with my life. I've always known my passions were, as Stu said, animals and helping people, but I really couldn't figure out how to put those together. Um, I always like to tell people my high school, ex my high school like career test told me I should be a taxidermist or, or, um, or pest control. <laughs> like, <you're> like, <laughs> and I were, Not sure they quite understood the like animal passion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm helping people if I taxidermy their animals, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or pest control. I'll just get rid of them. Um, yeah. Anyways, I remember seeing that and I was like, oh my God, this is not what I'm going to do with my life. So then I ended up in my master's degree in public health where a lot of people who take that master's are uh, pre-med school. And I just didn't feel like I fit in at all. Like these people were so science-minded and I just convinced myself that I was dumb. I just felt so much lesser than everybody. And I stressed myself out like crazy. Only after I got sick did I realize I was having anxiety attacks where I'd wake up in the middle of the night you know, having an anxiety attack, out of breath, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't sleep. At that point, I handed in my um, draft for my thesis, 
and my supervisor said, you know, it's, it's not good enough. I'm not sure you're going to be done in time. And it was kind of like a piece of my world just completely collapsed. Like somebody had seen through this imposter veil that I had so well maintained. Somebody saw that I'm actually dumb, which isn't true, but um, I had a total breakdown when she said that. And also the thought that I'd have to tell my friends I wasn't done in time and then they would know. Wow. And so those yeah, last nice. few months were just like, I did get it done, but it was insane amounts of stress. The next morning I woke up with strep throat. I had had strep throat about two or three times during my master's and I woke up with strep throat, of course, took the antibiotics. They didn't work. So I took more antibiotics 10 days later. And it was after that round that I felt all the energy just drain out of my body. It was like, we're just done. We're done. <laughs> Even though like, I was so excited to be done my master's. I was like, now I'm free. Now I'll live my life. And my body was like, no, now we're gonna rest. <laughs> we're done. So yeah, for me, it's been a lot, a lot of symptoms. Um, um, really, you named the CFS symptoms and I've had it a lot of sensitivity to light and noise, the headaches, the ringing in the ears. Oh my God, I forgot a really big part of it too. My entire master's um, at the very start of my master's, I was in a car accident where I got whiplash. So my entire master's, I was also in extreme like chronic pain in my neck. Wow. So I also had a lot more pain after I got sick. And then, um, you know, the heart palpitations, the brain fog, of course. Um, God, I can't even remember them all. Obviously the fatigue. Oh, lots of muscle pain. Yeah. And so was the the concussion and that set of symptoms. I know when you describe it to me, you kind of see that as quite separate from your chronic fatigue symptoms. Mm -hmm. Was that brought about from that car crash before you had CFS? No, so that's a different car crash. So I had okay. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had that car crash at the start of my master's. And then I got CFS at the end of my master's. And then two years later, I was so sick. I was going to my friend's wedding on this little island and um, I was with it was my mom and her partner were um, in the front of the car and we got hit from behind as we were turning. So the car span and I flew out the window about 15 meters. The only reason I'm alive is because I was lucky enough to land on the grass instead of hitting a tree or hitting the road. Wow. Yeah, that's how I got the concussion. I also got a fracture in my neck and my spine. But um, yeah, that was three years ago now. And most of my symptoms at this point, I mean, I still have chronic fatigue symptoms. I've worked up to like almost 10,000 steps, but regularly maybe six or seven. Also, Stu and I actually are at a pretty similar level. Um, but my really bad symptoms are concussion-wise because if I look at screens, like even the computer for too long, or if my, the, my eyes move too fast, like if I tried to drive or in a bus, if I kept my eyes open, it's the really fast movements that do something to my brain where I have these scary symptoms, like my thoughts go like, it's really hard to explain. And these crazy headaches and uh, vertigo and dizziness. Wow. 
Well, when when you hear it all together, I think your resilience, Lindsay, to come through that is just so, so in, inspiring. Um, because I know as well, there have been times where you felt like you've recovered from chronic fatigue or you're almost there and then you've had setbacks. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. It's 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 been quite a journey for me. I definitely, the first year I was sick, um, I started to get better after about three months, thanks to a really good doctor who actually said, I don't think you have CFS. I think you'll just slowly get better. And that's the, one of the interesting things about getting diagnosis, the, the strange uh, thing that sometimes it's worse to know because uh, when you just think you're going to get better, your, your brain will help you get better. Yeah. So there's, there's pros and cons to being diagnosed. It's definitely but, the, like the psyche around it, isn't it? Because for me, before getting a diagnosis, my mind was just spiraling because it was like, if I didn't have that, that kind of trusted healthcare pr- uh, practitioner telling me, oh, you'll probably just get better or, you know, this will happen. So I was left to just my own yeah. neurosis, like <laughs> telling right. me what's going on, what's going on. So it yeah. is interesting, the mindset around it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it was just because it was that one doctor that I trusted. But but that being said, I got better. I got better and better, except not Amazing. completely. I like I could still feel the lymph nodes in my neck have always been a big thing, like feeling really inflamed in my neck. Oh, yeah. um, but of course, just as I get better, I luckily had finished a contract around that same time. But immediately I'm like, got to get a job again, got to get back to work. And at the start, when I had finished that contract, I was like, my next job, I'm going to find something I'm passionate about. But as soon as you're off work for a few months, you get that stress of like, I'm a person who doesn't have a job. I just need to find a job. And uh, took, you know, the first job I was offered, which definitely wasn't a bad job. It was a great job at the Children's Hospital Research Institute, but um, it was not right for me. And within weeks, my body completely crashed again. Like it was rough. It was really rough. Started to get better and then wanted to change, needed to like change the drugs I was on because I didn't want to be on drugs and bam, another huge crash back to zero. And then that happened, I would say just about three more times since, since I've um, been sick that I've had to start from zero steps as my baseline again, literally like peeing in a Tupperware beside my bed. I really do feel like though last year um, was my rock bottom. And I we've heard this from a lot of people's recovery stories where they really have to hit rock bottom before, not everyone obviously, but some people really need to hit rock bottom before they're willing to really change everything about their lives in terms of like diet, in terms of um, mindset, in terms of way they're doing things that they really need to like do a whole overturn. And I feel like that happened to me last year when it was just like change or be done. And um, yeah, I think you'll hear more about that in the future, but um, I'm grateful to be where I am now. (laughs) It's interesting as well, where you were saying around your career, um, your vocation, the the kind of work you're doing was like interesting and it was kind of hitting your passions but not necessarily what you felt you were kind of called to do or was like your ultimate ambition and um I think for me I had always before getting ill 
I'd always in my head been like, right, I'm going to take a career break. I'm going to work out what it is I'm doing. What I'm doing at the moment is fun, but like, I don't know if this is what I want to be, you know, doing long term. And there were also some things going on for me. So like being gay, but also being brought up in a Christian household, the kind of the conflict there um, was very real and something that I've kind of been working through and like battled with the whole of my, well, adolescence through into adult life. And it was almost like, um, we'll talk about uh, Gabal Mate and when the body says no but it was almost like because I didn't have the break <laughs> and I didn't give myself that space and like bring myself out of and there were lots of other stresses going on as I've described but my body was like right we've given you your chance you haven't done this so now this is <laughs> this is the time which is um yeah very hard and but I do feel like through this process as I'm sure a lot of people in this position have done that like worked through some very real things and in a better mindset at least and a better I suppose like mental space than prior to getting getting unwell (laughs) hearing you Lindsay talk about how much you're beating yourself up about being in in your master's program. I mean, whenever you talk about science, complex science things to me, you have an amazing ability to distill it into something I'll understand. So I don't think anyone would say that you like, I don't know, that science isn't your forte and like- Well, it's the only way I can understand it. So that's- (laughs) (laughs) But like the, yeah, hearing about how hard you were on yourself at the time, I'm sure now you look back at that and you think, oh, I just want to give myself- a yeah. hug like I just want to yeah, like I feel the same way as a, like we I feel like there's been so many opportunities where my body's telling me like I don't know I do feel like there's something with people who have sensitive nervous systems or just sensitive individuals for people like us it's it's really hard not to do what we're passionate about because our body will tell us like this is not what we're m- meant to be doing um, I don't want to get too like spiritual about it yet, but <laughs> I, I do have some of those feelings. So no, I think it's yeah. I think it's interesting and brings us on nicely to talk about what is actually going on with your body when you have chronic fatigue or ME. Um, and it is interesting because for different people, it feels like there's a different trigger. It could be viral. Like I think for me, it could be bacterial, uh, mold related, toxicity, hormonal, um, trauma related and symptoms can kind of present. There are similarities between people, the fatigue, obviously the big one, but there's also disparities there too. But one thing that I really buy into that we've talked about before is this whole, your, there is a system sensitivity disorder where your body is stuck really in kind of a danger zone heightened your your nervous system is kind of on high alert and whether that's a predisposition you know you're talking about personality types or actually that's come about because of the um the trigger but it's about finding a way to kind of slowly and gently bring your body out of that heightened uh security sense um do you want to add any more clever science thoughts to that, Lindsay? Uh, yeah. So um, this these kind of illnesses, um, I went through the complex chronic disease program here, which was not very helpful to me. But I did learn a little bit about these system sensitivity disorders. Um, so that would include um, myalgic encephalomyelitis, which we have. Um, as well as MCS, which is uh, multiple chemical sensitivity, fibromyalgia, and what it's looking like COVID 
um, along with uh, other versions of this, like Stu said, with toxicity and mold and sensitivity to things that most people can kind of just keep going on with their lives and be fine with, but our bodies for one reason or another have likely because there's just been too many stressors on the body, the body has decided that this is too much. And as a response, it's chosen within the limbic system where the nervous system is begins, it's a part of our brain. That's where it, there's probably some kind of choice happening of which, which of these symptoms is going to be overactivated, whether it's your fatigue, whether it's your pain, um, something's happening up there. They don't really know. There is science will tell you that it, they have no idea what's happening, but something's happening that is causing an overstimulation of your nervous system. And in our cases, an energy crisis in our body yeah. where the mitochondria are not of your cells are not regenerating, um, in the same time as normal people <laughs> are. Um, so it's classified as a neuroinflammatory disorder. They also know that because of this inflammation, it's affecting other systems such as our immune system. And they know it's affecting our gut a lot of the time or it's affecting our nervous system. Um, another way I was thinking about last night, a metaphor for why that these like um, usually acute symptoms have become chronic is like, say you have like an alarm system set up at night for if a burglar were to come, like for most people, it just goes off if there's a burglar, but because our systems are so sensitive, it's going off if there's a gust of wind or a bird goes by and it's really our body trying to protect ourselves. Our body and our mind are trying to work together to protect us. Um, but really it's, uh, it's like overdoing it, shall we say? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. I know we will talk about the mind body connection with this, um, this illness, uh, as we go through the, the podcast series and yeah, it's really about finding ways to kind of try and bring your body back into homeostasis, calm the nervous system, calm the mind, calm the body, um, and give yourself the energy and the boost of energy that you um that your body really needs while clearing out any of those kind of underlying pathogens or, or things yeah. going on as well i like the description to friends and family um to help people understand of it's like having the flu being hungover and being jet lagged at the same time like <laughs> especially when you're in a crash that's what it's like but um if you have chronic fatigue you probably know <laughs> about it because your body is in an energy crisis um, but I did want to yeah. say I feel like it's important for us to say at this point because we haven't yet although we have kind of alluded to it is that you can recover from uh, system sensitivity disorders like chronic fatigue Lindsay and I both know you know individuals um, people who have recovered and if you don't know any individually um, because I, I think hope and knowing that there are other people out there that have recovered from this it's so important and youtube or google they're a great place to start if you are newly diagnosed or if you're in a state where you're just kind of feels like the walls are closing in and this is it for you um there are people who have had you know their different ages they've had different backgrounds they've had different severity of symptoms and length of time with symptoms um that have gone on to lead happy healthy lives um 
I know Raylan, her channel, uh, we'll link all of this in the description, um, and Heal with Liz, they interview some great people. Are there others, Lindsay, that you'd recommend? Yeah, um, for me earlier in my uh, journey, I found um, the on YouTube, the CFS Warrior page. Um, it's a wonderful lady whose name I forget. She cured herself and uh, uh, she was very inspirational to me along with Dan Neufer, N-E-U-F-F-E-R. He has a program that he set up. Um, it's kind of a brain retraining. I think it is a brain retraining program, but he interviews people, not just who've taken his program, um, who've recovered. He has hundreds of interviews of people who've recovered. Oh, of course, CFS Health does them as well. Um, some of our friends on there um, mm. with Toby Morrison, like uh, I, I like the one with Agil. He's one of our friends who's already recovered. Heal with Liz, the one with our friend Lauren, who's recovered. Oh, yeah. Um, was really a great interview. And um, also her interview with McGill Batista recently was really good as well. I think especially when you are in a crash or at a particular low point, something I really enjoy if you can enjoy anything when you're feeling like that uh in doing is yeah going like looking at other people's recovery stories reminding myself there is hope i'm getting there my body is kind of working at its own pace and i will get there yeah and as as i mean as we've said we're not completely healed yet either True. so yeah. we are all taking this journey together mm. and um hopefully that our progress can inspire you and also make you feel less alone. There have been times where I felt so alone with this illness. Yeah. And uh, really the isolation and the hopelessness are the two biggest obstacles in my personal journey um, to have to overcome. And uh, by giving you guys these different episodes by um, theme, like we're going to start with acceptance and then do rest and nutrition and pacing and routines, support community, boundaries, values, emotional processing, personality types. We have all kinds of episodes in terms of areas that, you know, what you think you might be not need to work on. Um, hopefully you can find something valuable in there and feel less alone. Definitely. Yeah, it's exciting. And we'll also be adding in some of our personal passions from the world of poetry and the animal kingdom too. gotta do it gotta do it <laughs> <laughs> great thanks so much everyone for uh, listening in and we hope that you will join us again sometime bye, bye.